What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Upper Room Devotional. We're in James chapter 2 now, 1 through 7. Justin, kick us off, man. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes and say, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my beloved brethren, do not, do not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? Now, Tim, this passage keeps going, and it, and it kind of carries a similar tone into the next passage, but I want to focus on one element that we see in here today, and, and that really is partiality. Yeah. It's this it's this picture of personal favoritism, and it's worth exploring in this particular text. It's basically making the point that when somebody walks in, we have this tendency to show the most love and respect and kindness to those from whom we have the most to gain. Right. Right. And Jesus is constantly hammering on this picture, and James, his brother, is as well, where he's essentially saying you can tell a lot about somebody's walk with Christ by how they treat someone from whom they have nothing to gain. And and Jesus is saying, I've come to the world to destroy all of these boundaries and all of these structures that are part of a worldly system that are actually keeping you from looking like the kingdom of God. Mm. So when we pray on earth as it is in heaven, what we're praying is that God would continue to manifest his kingdom here, shake what can be destroyed or should be shaken so that we can live in light of what the kingdom is. And he's saying in this passage, look, it's it's the rich um, at some level who have the hardest time entering the kingdom. Jesus spells this out earlier on because the rich people think that they actually have options. Mm-hmm. Rich people think, I don't need God, I can do this. It's the story of the rich young ruler in Mark 10. Right. Right? He he. He was very wealthy, so he walks away, and Jesus says, surely I tell you how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples are like, well, who can be saved? (laughs) And he's like, with with man, this is impossible, right? But with God, all things are possible. And and we find, and we've talked about this in some earlier devotionals, that God actually reminds the poor, no matter what your circumstances are, if you're in the kingdom, you are rich. If you're in the kingdom, you have everything that you have, and God does not show favoritism. But in this text, he's reminding them that they're showing favoritism to a bunch of people that actually were probably the same ones who were exploiting them. Mm. So in this text, we're reminded who James is talking to, and he's talking to a bunch of people who are under persecution, who have been dispersed abroad into all these different places uh, throughout, you know, throughout the nations or throughout the Middle East, especially and and what happened? Why did this happen? Well, because all of the Jewish people who were actually the more wealthy and put together in synagogues and things were throwing fits and bringing all these Christians before courts of laws for being Christians. Jeez. So you have to understand, he's not just saying rich people, bad, poor people, good. <laughs> it's not. It's not that simple. In fact, there's a lot of rich people that James brings up in the book of James, like we'll get to talking about Job later and Abraham later, who are very rich and seen as very godly, righteous men. And there are people in our churches who pay for so much 
to help things function and help things flourish. There are really good rich people. There are really wicked rich people. There are really good poor people. There are really wicked poor people. And James in this portion is saying the people that you're that you're showing partiality to from a purely worldly standpoint, these are the same category of people that were dragging you before the court and doing a bunch of shady stuff to you. And now you're in the predicament that you are. Mm. Why in the world did you proliferate the same kind of system that, that, that was part of the system that fell apart and broke and, and bit you when you, uh, when you did this, you know, when you were in your last situation. And so he's telling us in this passage, like, man, it, when you're making distinctions, when you're showing partiality and you're purely judging outward expressions, outward appearance, then what you're doing is you're showing your inward lack of sense. Yeah. Um, we're, we're showing our wicked heart and the tendency that we have to pursue the right things or make judgments right away. Now, here's the deal. Some of you went to church for a long time and everyone was in a suit and everyone was in a tie and it, uh, it drives you crazy because the church that you go to – you can wear sandals and shorts, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And yeah. that's the point is you're bringing whatever you want to Jesus, and that's great. But here's my question to you. If somebody walks in in a suit and tie because they want to bring God their best and they're trying to dress up, and you're frustrated because you think you're doing a better job because you know God doesn't care about that, that's the same partiality and judgment he's saying not to show. Mm. We can almost do it in reverse where we only preference people who don't have anything and we actually hold some kind of bitterness in our heart towards people that have stuff because we don't have it. Very and true. that's just envy, right? The same point here is partiality is really the point. In their current situation, what they were doing is they were preferencing all the rich people and they wanted to buddy up with people who for their pocketbooks and not because they were actual good people. Because uh, they could gain something out of these people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And and so when we look at this particular picture, um, we want to ask ourselves the question, are we looking at people from an external worldly perspective or are we using a godly mindset? Remember, wisdom literature, wisdom of the world and wisdom from God. Mm. And he's saying wisdom from the world just looks at the outside. Wisdom from God understands there's a deeper level and an inner man that we should be looking at. Some of the coolest people out there actually just don't have a lot. Mm. And some of the richest people out there maybe are very shallow on the inside. And it could be vice versa. But I would say this, Jesus didn't have a family. Jesus didn't have a home. Jesus didn't have a place to sleep oftentimes. Jesus wasn't running a business. Jesus didn't have a career. Jesus, like all of the things that we would ask somebody to see how they're doing in life, we'd be like, well, this guy's he's kind of a mess. Yeah. What is he doing teaching other people? Yeah. You know? Um, and, and the picture is Jesus is qualified to do any of those things, but he had a very specific role. He had a very specific goal and he knew what he was doing. And we would do well to judge a person based on what's going on in their heart and in their life. And certainly um, there's blessing and there's curse and there's a lot of um, a lot of things that we see in the scripture. God blesses those who are living righteously, but it's not a it's not a, a surefire bet to to look at rich people and say, oh, they must be right with God, or to look at people and say, oh, they must have done something bad. <laughs> it's not that simplistic. Yeah. And we have to be very careful not to attach um, some kind of spiritual rule to people who have money and don't have money or have you know um, respect and all these things from a worldly perspective. The, that's not good enough. In fact, oftentimes our worldly systems and the faithless are the rich, and oftentimes the poor 
are the most reliant on God because they know I don't have anything else to rely on. I only have God. Yeah. And so it's worth paying attention to those things and watching our hearts and making sure that no matter what somebody looks like or what they have, we're not in some kind of place where we're showing personal favoritism and partiality based on what we can get from that person if we're friends with them. Jesus would not have been somebody that you would have gone out of your way to have been like, we're best friends. It's awesome. (laughs) That's very true. He was a weird guy, right? Mm -hmm. Reminds me of the conversation we used to have. It's like, I want a boat. And you're like, no, I don't want a boat. I want to know somebody who has a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think there was actually a pastor one time who dressed up like a homeless person. Um, he may have been a guest preacher or something, but came and was kind of walking around and trying to talk to people and, you know, was was being this certain way. And a bunch of people were off put and everything mm-hmm. else. And then he ended up getting on the stage afterwards and preaching a message on this. That's so great. And wouldn't yeah. it suck to be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> but it, it exposes our hearts often. We just have an aversion to certain things. And God is yeah. saying, listen, you, it's built in because you've been part of a worldly system for a long time. You're profiling yeah. <laughs> way before you even realize oftentimes that that's what you're doing. And again, we do this both directions. We can do this with rich people and be like, I, oh my gosh, look at he's wearing that. He must, you know, what is he doing? What is he? Or you can look at poor people and be like, wow, I don't want to associate with that person. Yeah. Yeah. In the kingdom, uh, it's a whole different perspective. If you're in the faith, we all sit together. If you're in the faith, we're all in the same playing field and we're all working the same direction. There are no tears of awesome. Because of, you know, what somebody has done and what somebody hasn't done. It's all pursuing God together and allowing the kingdom to be a round table that we sit at, not a not a square table where some people have the better spots. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, man. No problem. Guys, we'll catch you new next time.